Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel shut Hello and welcome to episode 34, season 11 of the Fighting Cop Podcast. My name is Flav and I'm joined by Jolly and Rubenstein. How you doing, mate? Good, buddy. 
good. And Cal, how you doing, son? Yeah, man, all good. Good buddy. It sounds like a Christmas toy. Sounds like something that's yeah. coming good out buddy. for Christmas. A good What's buddy. That, what isn't that? Sounds like Chucky to me. Mm. <laughs> Do you remember Child's Play? Yes, of course. And that was yeah. never one that that was that was always one that scared the scared the shit out of me. That one and Candyman. I had I had any any when I was a kid anything any and what should be an inanimate object that is alive scared absolute life out of me. I don't know if you've seen this trend at the moment on TikTok. You know the elf on the shelf, those yeah. creepy little things. Mm-hmm. The 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 they got the parents that are, uh, that are making or, or or conjuring a an event that suggests to the children that these elves on the shelves are alive when they fall asleep. And the way this one uh, woman did it is she took a scissor and cut chunks out of this kid's pajamas. And Jesus then put Christ. Uh, yeah, listen, and, and put uh, put it over the the, the um, elves on the shelves as if they needed a blanket because they were cold. How oh terrifying God. would you? I, I would be absolutely terrified. Oh my God! That was bad parenting. Bad, bad parenting. Awful parenting. The things yeah. that some people will do for attention is really odd. It is. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's let's fuck that. Um, if you've yeah. been uh, affected by anything you've heard in this podcast, please get in direct <laughs> contact. Uh, with the fighting cock, cock. for all your uh, parenting needs. You'd think you'd think we we get more contact from the people that listen to this than than we do. Certainly by way of complaint. The only time I think anyone's complained, no, there have been people who have complained about what we've talked about on the pod, and I think a lot of it was fair. You know, we probably do did need to be pulled back up to, uh, certainly from the early days. Um, but the best one was when. We had some success in arranging um, this 1882 movement with the club, so we were having conversation with them uh, through the with the trust as well. And um, someone, I don't know whoever, who it was, made a list of all of the mental stuff we talked about, including <laughs> what we'd like to do sexually to Daniel Levy way back in the day, right? As a way of saying to the club, "Is this something you really want to be associated with?" <laughs> Um, and uh, we got we got a message from the trust saying, "Look, we've had this email, and we, you know, they didn't take a position on it, obviously, but I'm sure they found it funny. But they said they said, how do you want us to proceed?" And I said, "I'm not sure. We we're always, you know, we're always willing to talk about the big issues, so there's not much we can do about that." Um, anyway, let's move on to the most important issue, and that is the fact that we've beaten West Ham in the quarterfinals of the League Cup, two one. And hey. it's what a feeling. I know, Jolin, you didn't go to the game, and a lot of people didn't go to the game because of the, you know, they don't want to fuck their Christmas up for good reason. But it was yeah. actually a lot, a lot of people, a lot more people there than I thought, actually. Um, it's crazy. Huge, huge, huge. Uh, good I mean, atmosphere. I've been so gutted the last couple of games haven't gone. But um, yeah, my mum's high risk, and you know, everyone's seen the old uh, squid game don't catch COVID before Christmas. Uh, yeah. But gutted I wasn't there because, you know, it looked like the fans have you know, put on a great show. It's very difficult for me, sort of as a political sort of satirist, you know, looking at the information is very strange, you know, to see like mass crowds whilst Sadiq Khan simultaneously sort of declares a major incident. But, you know, there's another part of me that, like, like everyone, you know, the last thing Just you want to do football. is see sort of empty stadiums. And yeah, of course, yeah. want to go to the game. What a performance. I mean, the I mean, last two it, games just it, just amazing. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. Certainly, the, the 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 last performances were for large part good. Yesterday wasn't plain sailing, was it, Cal? 
No, it wasn't. It felt like very much West Ham. Are, they're a good side. They they're, are a good side. They've always been our. Oh, they've always kind of been like, even when Spurs have been at their lowest, it's like, yeah, but look at West Ham. You know, yeah, like yeah. they've always been the team for us to laugh at, even when Arsenal were Arsenal were winning things or Chelsea or whatever. But it's like, yeah, but look at West Ham. That isn't that funny. And now West Ham have become this actually really, really quite good side. They're really well coached and their recruitment has been really quite good. Um, and, and they play in really good football as well. So the other mm. thing is that they really passed, put the ball around really nicely. And it was, I I was anxious every time they came forward. And I know there's this oh, mate, added, totally. There was this added jeopardy, wasn't there, Jolly? And that, that, um, that uh, it's against them and regardless, and it's even worse when they're, when they're good. Most times... And it didn't, never really works like this. But we had West Ham at home, and you felt that more or less that was a gimme. You know, we we more or less over the last twenty years we would beat West Ham. That, that sure. was the that was the mindset. But yesterday, the, the way they were playing, it was like this is not a foregone conclusion. Even when we went one nil up, yeah. Since that, uh, I sort of feel I've got a very strange feeling about West Ham because it feels like they've also demarked games against them have demarked real stages you know it was like Mourinho's first game in charge yeah you know, that that sort of Delhi Alley back hill where, oh Delhi's gonna come back it's gonna be all right and then that sort of 3-3 behind closed doors where Lanzini scored that absolute perler at the end but we've been 3-0 up in like 10 minutes and it was like really felt like after that game sort of wheels came off of that it Mourinho did. era that like, did feel just like that moment, feeling yeah. of it and then obviously, you know, losing to that, you know, Antonio header when Romero sort of had beasted it all day. But then, you know, I, I sort of went into last night thinking, I mean, first of all, I was so happy Antonio wasn't playing because what a player he is. I mean, he's sort of, you know, he's, he's unplayable when he's on form. But last night, I definitely had sort of real nerves before the game thinking, what you know, what sort of performance are we going to really put out here? But the solidity in the centre of the park and the discipline in the second half, you know, because I was thinking if that was a Mourinho game, I would have just been like, get forward, get forward. But actually thinking about the way, you know, Conte seems to structure the team, the the, the performances of people like, you know, it's not like he hasn't had his, um, you know, and I've come onto the podcast and criticised him before, but, you know, Eric Dyer, Davison Sanchez, Ben Davis. You know, really strong performances. No sort of like howlers, really. Apart, I mean, obviously Dyer, you know, giving the ball away the way he did, and sort of, you know, unescapably sort of almost blocking the view to to let that goal in initially. You know, you sort of think, oh God, is this going to be our day? But we bounce back so fast, and you know, I, I, it's easy to get carried away. And let's face it, that's part of the joy of the podcast as well as get carried away. <laughs> But it really does feel the energy around, you know, everything that's happened. I've told you, before, you know, I left that Man U game on about the 78th minute and I was like, you know, I'm done. This is this season's gone. And to yeah. be in the position we are now out of the little Mickey Mouse tournament in Europe, you know, in the semi-finals against Chelsea. I mean, it was written. Do you know what I mean? Like, I love the fact we're going to play Chelsea with Conte. I can't wait. And um you know, it felt just incredibly positive, you know? It just felt really, really like, wow, we, we're starting to resemble a team that not only can, you know, go forward again, but can, can put up a mid-block and, you know, actually look like a really difficult team to break down. It was good to see um, Conte change the system uh, when it seemed like we, you know, we was, we, it was coming on top a little bit, wasn't it? And he made some 
substitutions and it wasn't like for like. There was a change mm. in shape and a change in system. And they still had chances, but we kind of nullified the game. Um, is is that any different to what Mourinho used to do, though, Cal? Is like, because I seemed happy. I'm just happy with whatever Conte wants to do, even if sometimes mm. in, during that game yesterday, the football wasn't great. It was, we did what we needed to do to win in a difficult situation. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's kind of what happened yesterday. You, you look at yesterday and, you know, West Ham brought on Yarmolenko, Fornells and Benarama, like three good attacking players. And we, we brought on Winks. Um, we obviously brought on Sun as well. Winks and Tanganga Royale and um, and Sun, obviously, and Delhi. Um, but it, yeah, you're right. He did, he did change the system and... It was noticeable straight away because it was it was winks for Lucas, wasn't it? And so he went from the three four three, which we we'd played in most of the games before Liverpool, and then switched to the three five two. I don't think it worked. If I'm honest, it, we seemed to really sit back deep after that. And you'd think with bringing on a player like Winks that we would kind of recycle to keep the ball a bit better. But it actually got worse. We didn't keep the ball very well at all. Um, and Winks. He was brilliant against Liverpool, um, but he kind of went back to the old winks yesterday um, and would kind of bit, be a bit rushed, a I bit panicking. It's funny, uh, it's funny that because I thought I thought he actually he, he did okay, he did okay. Mm, but yeah, I know it's weird. But last time we did the five statements, he was like saying how good Winks was, and I was like, mm. was he? And then in, in hindsight, when I looked back and looked at the reaction, um, I was wrong. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, um, maybe <laughs> you know, you're right, and it's fine. Um, out of the, out of the. Out of the, f- the three teams left in the competition, obviously, not, uh, you know we've got Chelsea, Liverpool, mm. have Arsenal. What what group of fans hate us the most? <laughs> they I mean, all no, hate us. Pro- <laughs> they all they all hate us. I think Liverpool probably the least because you know, I know I mean, the, they're, the, they're... the reaction after the game was is unbelievable. They're still proper bitter and bitey about it. It's all about that cane sending off, though, isn't it? Really, do you know what I mean? They just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't stop their whining. Um, Chelsea. Oh, did, you see, did you see Morton yesterday? Just absolutely, oh, nearly killed yes. someone. And yeah. um, I was like, just put a question mark with the video of the challenge just to see if I could bait get any nibbles. Uh, yeah. get any nibbles yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, obviously, I did. And uh, standard. Yeah, and uh, someone I know, Grizz. He 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 said it's a red card. Is that so hard to say? <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, nah, it's much more comfortable being up on my high horse at the moment. But the the it's the the, the fact that the Kane challenge was was or wasn't a red card is irrelevant. It's their reaction to it, you know. Mm. And that's, that's they've just got so used to sort of epic success, though, haven't they? It's like that, you know, the top of the table right now. It really is like you drop a point, you're in a really, really difficult position. Like it's amazing looking at the points difference already between Chelsea and City, and you know, Liverpool play the sort of football. And you know, to an extent, what I found the most impressive about Sunday was that we seemed to have a team that was able to sort of like understand. And I think this is what's different from Jose. Is it felt with Jose that there was a system that remained no matter what and he played in a certain way whereas it does feel like things change quite fast with Conte I mean within the bounds of yes moving from 4-3-3 to sort of 3-5-2 but I thought the way we reacted and responded to the change and I I agree I don't think Winksy had the best game yesterday but he He's putting himself about in a different way. I think so is everyone, you know. Like, Doherty had a decent game yesterday. Mm. You know, players that you're like, 
I'm completely done with this. Like I'm, you know, I, yeah. mean, I definitely <laughs> got to the point where with certain players where I was like, they're definitely getting shipped out. And those would have included, you know, Winks, Ellie, you know, potentially even in Dombele, you know, the, the man who seems that, you know, there is no system that works for this man. <laughs> mm. But for some reason, you know, and you can imagine you've got, you know, you've got a guy here who has won Scudettos, won the Prem, no, did you see on his Instagram when he posted that video of him scoring an overhead kick in the Euros? No, <laughs> it was amazing. Right. And I was like, "You gotta be, you just gotta be in the in the, in the dressing room going, no, this this guy properly knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he's he's scoring overheads it's... in the Euros, mate. Like, you <laughs> he's, know, still... he's not a mess around guy. Well, and this, we we had a question actually. Um, <clears throat> I'll try and find the guy's name as you you guys answer. But he was essentially saying. Um, yeah, it was Adam Shipway. He says, uh, I'm assuming we won't be listening to offers for Delhi now, Doherty, or uh, La Celso or anybody. Um, because fundamentally, he's saying you just have to see what Conte does with him. Matt Doherty, as you said, he had a, he had a decent game yesterday. Ben Davies, again, was was just... He's become reliable. He's become someone you don't have to... In fact, you have absolutely zero issues. No one has an issue currently in the system under Conte with Ben Davies playing. That's mm. I've always loved him. I've always I... loved him. My friend Tal, who I go to football with, calls him Den Davies. So he always had a little magical touch. Who sits next to James, who I believe sent you that old Derek Dyer song on the yeah, last Yeah, so this is uh, this is the Eric so the Eric Dyer song I sang at the very beginning of last podcast. Regale them with it again because it's such a good one. I want it to catch on. Um, I can, I can. Give I us just... a little sing song. It's Christmas. Well, I will. No, I've got no issue. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just got to find it. I can't remember the words exactly. <laughs> uh, it's. He grows potatoes. He grows tomatoes. He's just fucking, yeah, massive. fucking massive. Eric Dyer. Dyer. Yeah, I mean, like Eric if that gets going, Dyer. but that I is that, that is that's the the <clears throat> that's from the brain of James. I don't know your surname, Johnny James Drummond. Jet. I have to tell you how embarrassing he is. We're sitting in the south stand, and he is absolutely bellowing it out on his Jays, <laughs> on his Jack Jones, and he's had a couple of them. He seems to have them, and then the other one was like. A Berg Berg wine. <laughs> He's not very good. <laughs> but actually, yesterday he was all right. He's like a FIFA player. And I, um, I bust that move on FIFA 22. That's not easy to do to shield the ball and then bust past your man. I was so impressed with him yesterday, man. <clears> He's I chance. yeah. I, I I want. He did take his chance. He scored and assisted. I think he did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he did. He did. He, you know, if you're playing up top, that's not much more you can ask for. I do, I do like him through the middle. I'd rather that I, than. I don't. Yeah. I don't well, I mean, well, we've all got our opinions, Charlie. We do. We do. <laughs> this is true. The, the thing um, is, oh, yeah, sorry. Go, 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 go. The, the, the thing is, these guys that that were before were playing as like wing forwards, like Sun. They're not going to play like that now because we're playing wing backs now. So. Sun and Bergvine and Heel uh, and Lucas, they're all having to narrow up a little bit now. And Bergvine actually mm. was excellent. And he got the man of the match, didn't he? He got the man of the match. That 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 second the second goal where he got the assist a little well too, little jiggle with a right analog stick, <laughs> shimmy <laughs> shimmy past him and then we just yeah. is that what we're doing now, is it? We're just <laughs> looking at language. 
looking at actual football and then figuring out how you do that on a computer game. Is that what we're doing? Is that the analysis you get on the fighting cock? Fucking yes, it is. Um, <laughs> this this is what uh, this is what the Evening Standard said about Bergwijn. It says, took his chance on his first start under Conte with a goal and assist. The performance should give him a huge lift and he looked reborn in the second half as his confidence returned. That's fair. Did. I mean, he was, he was totally twining people. I think it's interesting though because you know how, um, I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's a statistic that says something like, I think it's something like 40% of Conte's substitutions for both Inter, Juve and Chelsea were wing-backs, double wing-back changes. Mm, wow. He did it again last night. Um, and the thing is, I'm starting to wonder whether the way he looks at it is he's sort of like creating pairs. So, you know, obviously, our, well, I would say predominantly Spurs fans would say, well, three up top is Mora, Kane and Son. Mm. Right? Like we'd standardly go for that. But then also, if you've got, you know, Delhi and Bergwijn, you can drop in. Obviously, you've got, you know, we don't know what Hill's really got. You know what I mean? It's too, it's too early and he's too skinny. It's like Scarlet. He just doesn't seem to have the body mass to deal with the Prem in many ways. I don't think he's bulked up enough yet. But I quite like this idea of having little sets, you know, of pairs of players that, that you know, can rotate. Because the, the fixtures are coming up. Now that we've, you know, had those two games, or is it three games that we're, are we three off? The yeah. rest of the prep. Well, uh, well, no, because some were some were cancelled last week and we played, so we caught up one yeah, game right, right. to some of them. But it's still we're still behind, say yeah. Arsenal and West Ham with two games now. Right, and you can imagine, like, if we go on a bit of a well, let's hope we go on a bit of a run when we face the mighty Morecambe. Well, we <laughs> are we're, we're on a run. You know, if you look at it, we, we're unbeaten since Conte coming coming to the side. Yeah. So that we're on what an I mean is run. We need to carry that on. Fixture with the fixture congestion. It, it, it makes me wonder whether... Like, I still don't think we've got anyone who... When we had Lorente, it was like, you've got another big man up top who can play in the centre. When you when we've played Lucas there, or Bergwijn, anything that goes, you know, sort of like overhead height is... They, they just struggle. Everything to the feet, fine. But that's mm. not often how we've played. And I think that, you know, I quite... I, I much prefer seeing Deli Ali playing in, as part of that front three, essentially as a number 10. I mean, I, I just sort of, I can't, I can't get on board with him as a holding midfielder. I know he sort of came in yesterday and he sort of did a job there. Really, yeah. like, I like the idea of having, you know, Son and Lucas, Delhi and um, Bergwijn able to sort of come on in the same way that he does with the fullbacks. Can I just say, while we were talking about tactics and whatnot, um, it just popped into my head. In the last podcast, I said that anyone who's really, really into <laughs> tactics is a dork, right? And uh, well, I will take that any day, any day. Of the well, week. I just want to apologise for saying it because um, I <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the extra inch when I said it, and uh, <laughs> Nathan clipped it up, and obviously he's well into it. And I don't think Nathan is a dork. It wasn't intended that way. I'm very, very sorry. I was making a wider point about Klopp. I think. Anyway, um, oh, yeah, that's so, lovely. That's the spirit they, of Christmas well, I don't want, right Yeah, I don't want beef with the extra inch just before Christmas. I'm like, <laughs> you know I mean, I ain't got my bulletproof jacket on. So, <clears throat> um, Hugo Lloris is the best goalkeeper in the league right now, right? The world, Cal, the world, Cal, Cal. He's how oh. good was he yesterday? Oh God, he was so good, and he didn't because they, they had loads of corners yesterday. West Ham didn't they? I think they had eight corners yesterday. Yes, and he dealt with them all really well. Um, made two great yeah, saves. From, made uh, two Thomas really Hume. good saves. Um, 
and the thing and that was the thing i wanted to say and jolian's already kind of said it is that is that the you know yes they did have a lot of the ball yesterday west ham but the only goal we conceded was from an absolute howler from Eric Dyer. Yeah. But other than that, they didn't really. We other than like you said, Flab. You know, Larice made a couple of couple of saves. They didn't pepper our goal. And Larice is, oh, he's 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 arguably one of the best keepers we've ever had. Um, yeah, probably is. We need to get him to a new contract asap. He's a leader. He's won the World Cup. Like we need that guy to stay with us for the next couple of seasons at least. Oh, um, I, just, like, I know we've talked about it before, Cal. But but you know, in in terms of like me, like under, if it was going the way it was under Nuno, there's no chance he would have stayed. But he no. might want to stick around to see what happens with this Conte. And if he didn't, you know, and if he wanted to go to another a club or he wanted to go back to France or he had an opportunity to play for Barcelona or Real Madrid because he could play for any of those mm. or PSG. Although we we they've got Donnarumma and Navas, haven't they? Correct. So, yeah. so it's unlikely it's going to be there. But it, it maybe he can just bide his time, have another year at Spurs or another mm. two. And then wait for that opportunity at PSG if that's what he wants to do. But right now, it just feels like we need to do everything to convince him to stay for at least another I, year. I think he'll, I think he'll stay. I can imagine him playing out for the rest of his career now at Spurs. I think I think Conte has changed everything. It really has. It, it's it's the mood music. It's the vibe in the stadium. You know, the atmosphere when when I left that United game was poisonous. Yeah. You know, I it was remember fighting in the stands. But everything from. When I was walking out from the way we were playing to the ticket prices to the way that we were just a, a you know, a, a, a kind of a, a property holding company and then leaving the games recently, like the vibe has just been totally different. The energy is different. And vibe. all of the players, all of the players look like they are up for it now. And, mm. and that's ultimately like, that is the core of sports psychology, right? Are you going to I mean, there's this staggering statistic that was on the screen yesterday. Yeah. And from the 20th, you know, in the 20th, the team that least ran in the league to the first. That's incredible. That's extraordinary. Yeah. That's extraordinary. And, we, and we're seeing, we, we, it's the, I didn't know that that stat, when that came up, I was like, fuck, is that real? Is that, I think everybody was surprised because a lot of people were talking about it. Um, but you see it, you see it on the pitch that, that that effort and that drive is there. And that if you, if you're in any, and not that anyone is, but anyway, doubting, the effect that Conte's had on this group of players, it's that statistic. And running around isn't everything. The quality has to be there as well. And we've been lacking to a certain degree, certainly in the final third, and Kane especially, has been lacking um, in his in terms of his finishing boots. He's going through a pretty poor period. Not, I wouldn't say a poor period by a typical striker standard, by, by, by the standards he's set previously, he's, he's, he's below par, right? I mean, that's fair. But... Um, but 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 fundamentally, all Conte can do with this group of players is get the very best out of them, and he's doing that. I don't think anyone expected to see such a turnaround. I mean, everyone was confident when Conte came in. Mm. I don't know how you felt, Cal, but we were all quite confident. But I don't expect to see such a change in attitude. I thought I think the squad was hung over and broken from what had gone on under Jose Mourinho, and he Conte's come in and addressed that immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree with you. Um... I think we've gone from we went from Mourinho to Mourinho light. Um, mm. A guy under Nuno that you know I was talking to a Wolves fan at work the other day, and he said he just wasn't a happy guy in like the last six months of his time at Wolves. Like I think maybe personally there was something going on with him. Like he just was not a happy guy. And, but he's also tactically kind of a a Mourinho light. Um, and so we've gone mm. from Jose and Nuno to um, Conte. 
and the intent, even just how Conte behaves on the touchline, yes, there's an mate. intensive, there's an intensity about him, and he's he's passing every ball, he's making every run, and it's really interesting, Flav, that you said earlier about the extra inch and all that sort of stuff, because they put a tweet out this morning about. This is about tactics, not about effort. And unlike you, I am happy to have beef with those bunch of fucking Minecraft d- dweebs. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a bit of both. I think tactically, tactically, it's uh, it's something, but it is about effort. Kane looked like in the first half of the, the first half of what we've seen so far is that he didn't want to be there. The effort wasn't there. And you look at it now, look at the effort for him. Look at the effort from Bergwijn, the way he was throwing people off of him yesterday. Winks in the Liverpool game, the way he's charging around the pitch like a nutcase. <coughs> it's yeah. all of, it's just as much about effort as it is about tactics. Um, I think in terms of, you know, and, and what you get from the game and what you enjoy from it is that you want to see your players giving a shit. Like tactically, it's, oh, yeah. it, the tactics stuff is, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave to Conte, but I want to see my players giving something and, and running for the shirt. I think that's, uh, as, as <clears throat> sometimes that sort of stuff can be frowned upon, or not frowned or scoffed at, the fact that, you know, passion and, and seeing people, players give a shit and, and fight for the cause and all those sort of cliched stuff. That, to, for, for a lot of fans, is really, really important. And we're seeing that. And, and I love it. It's like, it's like that, you know, that tackle Winks put in before and Dombele threaded it through on Saturday. You know, like those those tackles are, are so important. We were losing all those 50-50s. Just on what Cal was saying, like where I sit in the South Stand, I mean, we've t- taken just as much enjoyment at watching Conte come out of his box, literally get pretty much on the on pitch. On the pitch, yeah. Or as far <laughs> down as he possibly can. Then to be, there was one time where a fourth referee literally made this like hand signal of reeling him in on a line because you can see they all kind of love it. They're all yeah. like, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing this," but but we love it. And I've never heard any manager ever. It's literally like, "Give it to him," <laughs> or like, "Throw it up the line." Well, he's, like, he, he, he's, he's managing the game in, in every sense. He's, he's literally saying, "Pass it there." <laughs> it's like I've never seen anything <laughs> like it, and it's like. The, the the joy that he brings as well, like we've not had. I mean, I would I would go as far as to say, you know, and I was I was in the American R, watched us lose that Champions League final, and I felt like these squad of players are definitely going to break up. This is this is it now, and I think it's a bit like ever since that fateful night in Madrid, we have not really believed it's possible to ever get there again yeah something about Conte coming into the club has for all of those players who, who you know were fucking gutted how can you not be Sissoko gives a penalty away within like 120 seconds you know you worked so hard to get there you beaten City you know you beat an Ajax in the last minute and now it's sort of a feeling like well maybe maybe because they're playing like a team that actually thinks we're all right. Actually, we could be mustered again. Do you and know that, that's that's the difference. Uh, the difference, yeah. And also, like I think, I genuinely think Conte cares more about this than a lot of Spurs fans. <laughs> so, like, he's his reaction. He's he, he's he's more reactive. Like you're as a Spurs fan, I'm sitting there and I'm think and I'm being philosophical and I'm and I understand that Spurs aren't the team that wins every game and and we that we've got a long way to go with this. And because of that, I've you know you do you do sort of rec- you become less reactive to every moment of the game, right? Like if 
if Winks gives the ball away, go, oh, well, that's Winks, he's done it again. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Conte is apoplectic, apoplectic about, about, about those things. And he's completely reactive. And he's, he's, Joy when we score is so infectious. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that you've got a manager who, for whatever reason, it might be because it furthers his own reputation or it might be just because he loves this game and he loves whatever club he's managing. Mm. It may be that, but whatever it is, I love it. I love that energy on the side. Like, it's literally, what, go on. It's what Jose said, man. Wear the fans' skin. The, the, the teams yeah. that win the big games wear the fans' skin. And that's Conte. Did you see his face when he was in the interview yesterday when they said about getting Chelsea in the semi-final? There was not a hint of worry in his face. He was not bothered. He was prepared to take his shirt off and have it in in the away stand with them all. Like, it was... That's the energy we need, you know? We had that fucking bald gimp that was shouting, you know, that's the mentality, that's the mentality. No, no, no. No, This is the mentality. This is the mentality. (laughs) This guy that we've got here, we've got that hairpiece mentality. All right, it's, it's man weaves for everybody now. So, you know what, Alex... though, like, I mean, don't know if you guys have found this in your <coughs> professional lives, but like, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier, Cal, you know, Hugo Lloris, World Cup winner. Mm. Right? Harry Kane's just got to the World Cup, for, I mean, Euros final. Mm. Major players, major, major sort of real pedigree, a real mm. pedigree. And someone's come in, they're all looking up to. And the thing with Jose was, it always felt a bit spiked. It was like, I think, you know, just broken up with the love of our life. I mean, it, 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 we weren't ready. We hadn't healed yet. And, love of your life, the, maybe. Well, Poch. Poch was a big man. You know, special. All Cal's, Cal's got this thing about Pochettino. I should, really? I should, I should add. Yeah, I didn't know. I did I it's fine. It's like bringing up the ex-wife. You're like, I, you know, I did awkward, jump on you. You know the awkward Dude. conversation on, on, on in the room? When yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it's, I oh, don't talk about the ex-wife because uh... we'll speak anyone, anyone but Cal. For a lot of people, <laughs> he was, yeah. he was, and I think the players had like, you know, Kane would talk all the time, wouldn't he? he? Was like, yeah, we still text. He was so much more than a manager to me, all that stuff. That I just got a feeling with Conte because honestly, there is no way in the world that I would have thought I'm going to be reading on Sky Sports. Conte is going. Eric Dyer could be one of the best players in the world. Lee Skip could turn into magnificent player if he dedicates himself but these are not you know, he's not just gassing all the big boys he's gassing people that we had given up on yeah so that's the thing and 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 for that like you've got to think to yourself okay our narrative has been our recruitment is shocking mm. our, our core of players are totally underserviced um the thing is when you look at the running stats and stuff like that it's hard to put it really anywhere else apart from being they do not believe this person can lead them to sort of glorious victory and they clearly do now they, they it's obvious yeah the vibe in the stadium because it's, it's the way the stadium works as well when that wall of noise is working mm. it's unbelievable never i've never yeah. been to any stadium any anywhere that has that sort of energy and it is that it's the 12th man and we're mm. back now and everyone yeah, you know the atmosphere was was pretty good and it was pretty tasty outside um Ooh. apparently as you'd expect yeah um i think there was a little bit of worry that there would be um you know, not many fans turn up because of you know this on the con and all that but um yeah it was it was pretty much like a, a a derby should be against west ham um and it was just absolutely fantastic to beat them 
and give them some because they that hurt them that hurt them a lot mm. um even if they played well and they, you could argue that if it went to penalties you'd say that that was a fair fair result but it didn't so fuck them yeah. um hell of a run of games coming though you know because i'm just in what looking way? at it here well think we're going to play Chelsea three times in four weeks. Wonderful. January. You know, you've got Arsenal. I mean, it's not the huge. semi-finals only one leg though, is it? They no. don't know that yet. As as they've planned it now, it's still two. Oh, really? They haven't made a decision. And then, I mean, if it is one leg, will it be at a neutral ground? Oh, no. Um, well, who came out of the hat Chelsea first? did. Chelsea at home. Uh, probably be there. It'd probably be away then. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, what would you... What, just... What would you rather do? Would you rather play them twice or just play them once at Stamford Bridge? I prefer to play them twice. Yeah. It's got that yeah. proper t- 2001 vibes where we pumped them. It really one. does. Totally. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree more. It's also got this weird energy though because you think like we could feel like that Liverpool game, everyone was like, oh God, are we going to get Mullard? Who knows? I saw the initial team and I was like, oh God. But you know, they played so well and it is that thing that he said in the interview afterwards. Like, we have a system. We have an identity. This is how we are playing. Fit into my system or you won't play. You know, like too many times we've tried to, you know, we've played wonky systems before for players and it hasn't worked. You know, you look at the run of games now. You know, you've got Palace, obviously, Southampton, Watford, Arsenal, Chelsea in the Prem. And then two Chelsea games. Yeah. And an FA Cup game. It's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a couple of weeks really is if we yeah. keep going like this Do you know what's wonderful? who knows where we could be <laughs> i see what's wonderful uh that just crossed my mind so i just brought the fixtures like this up when you mentioned it um i didn't realize we had palace at home on boxing day and fingers crossed there's no restrictions and people can go to that as well because boxing day football <clears throat> at, uh, um, at white art lane at homes is magnificent and oh, do you know what's great about it so i get to, for that one i know most people are going to be away and stuff but I, what I am really excited about, and this is quite selfish, is being able to watch this with my old man. Like watching Boxing Day football with my old man was one of my favourite <laughs> things when I was a kid. And luckily, Brilliant. I'm spending Christmas with him this year, so we're going to be able to do that. Oh, that's wonderful. Nice. And you know, but Palace at home are beatable. You know, mm-hmm. you're looking looking ahead. Palace at home and Southampton away two days later. Mm. That's that, they, oh, both those games are completely winnable there. And Watford well, oh, after that, New Year's Day, Watford. And then, then going into that really naughty period where it's Chelsea and Arsenal. Chelsea like eight times and then Arsenal in there. and <laughs> Chelsea eight times thrown, in a row. Thrown in there as well. We're, yeah, we're, we're playing them three times, but we're also playing them with five friendlies. Um, so... <laughs> For some reason, both clubs have agreed to this. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, they're going the opposite way. They obviously did the mind tournament in in the summer but this is just all about hate like we're just playing each other because we hate each other hate tournament tournament. tournament. but yeah and then more confronting there as well like yeah but this is really good like you know you look at Palace Southampton Watford three very winnable games if we can win them carry on this run going into the Chelsea game there's no reason we can't feel really confident going into them can I just say I absolutely fucking hate Morecambe as well fuck them oh fuck yeah can I I ask guys can I ask you a question yeah right so if you doesn't necessarily have to be a player, but you can, you know, you can say a player, obviously. Mm. If you could get one decent sort of semi-marquee signing in January, what position would it be in? Cal, have you got immediate reaction? Striker. It's got to be that uh, Valovic, isn't it? Yeah, I'd sign him. 
I know he's, I think, there's gonna be a lot of competition for him, but that would be the guy. I would, I would, I. It's a great question because you think the position. You think we could probably get away with not signing a striker, and if we had, if we yeah. brought in a, a, a midfielder or a centre back that improved those sections, that would be the most sensible thing, I think. Right, but mm. that geezer is amazing. Mm. We can fix a midfield, or we can patch that midfield or or, or defence up. Having Harry Kane and him up. up up top in a in a five three three five two or a five five three two, mm. it, that would be unbelievable. Our front line would probably be the best in the world, mm. and I just think if we can get him in because everybody wants him. City want him, Arsenal want him. If Paratici can just pull this out the bag and get all these, get use every sort of name and influence that he ha- and use every bit of influence that he has in Italy to get him to sign for Spurs and the Conte in fact means the Conte effect means it wouldn't be surprising if he signed for us uh, it would be him I agree I I, I think so it, interesting but if yeah, it is isn't that because that, because you're like we would we would you know benefit from simply having a backup or would you just want to have two up front standardly or, or, or I think what? it would just gives us options we don't have to rely on Kane I think them playing two up top would be would be in, like just um, it, it would like I said it would be the best front two in world football, um, collectively, and it's about next season as well. Like I mean, our right. expectations this season were if we can finish top four, it would be incredible, right? Even with mm-hmm. Conte, I think to this 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 moment, everybody's thinking about what can we do next season with two transfer windows, and mm-hmm. if we can get him and that avoids him going to Arsenal, Man City, then that's such a statement about our intent as a club and what that means to. All other people wanting to sign. Look what Spurs have done. They've gone and bought out the most coveted Europe striker in Europe, mm. and um, and the players are also saying, "Jesus, this is this is where I want to be." Loris is going, well, "Why would I want to go anywhere else? We're, we're signing world class strikers." I think that statement would be so significant. I don't know. Uh, that's why I think. Like, sorry, go on, go. I was saying even a like to get a striker, yes, but also getting a couple of naughty pre transfers for the summer, like Bosman's. Um, Rudiger keep... as well. If we got Rudiger yeah. from Chelsea, that I'd love that. Baller. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. What, who, what about you then? Don't know, man. The thing is, the sort of sexy football side of me, the sort of you know FIFA Championship Manager side of me, would love to sign a striker. Like I agree with you, but my brain says we actually need is another fucking solid centre back because if you did have Dio Romero and say Delit, I mean, I know it's probably absolute nonsense that Delit is looking for a transfer away from Juve and almost certainly would end up at Chelsea rather than Spurs. But for me, the, the thing about this entire system is it, it rises and falls on two things, which is good wing-backs. I don't... Reggie... I love Reggie, right? Emerson, not so sure about, but at the same time, I don't feel he's had enough... It'd be a very strange thing, I think, to buy like yet another right wing-back. I think another really solid centre-back. You know, like Milian Skriniar or yeah, you know Delit would would send a similar signal because I don't really think our problems like we're pretty top heavy. If you think Mora, Bergwijn, Kane, Son, Ellie, oh, no. Ali, you know I don't I don't really don't think we're desperate for it. And the other thing is it's just so difficult, isn't it? Because you're saying right, well Harry Kane's going to play every single game, then you will come on, or you will potentially play in a two. But I can see us actually buying like a another world class centre back. I don't really feel we've we've done that. You know, Toby and Yan were up there with the best in the world. 
I remember watching those two, and we would always talk in the stands saying, we're going to, we're totally taking this for granted, aren't we? Totally taking this for granted. And then Jan started <laughs> losing his legs, and then Toby was going to go, and it was like, what's going to replace it? Davis and Sanchez and Dyer as our main two set? Well, so sure about that. I still, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think Sanchez has been a lot better, but he does still just switch off. And I think having another top quality centre back would be my. I sort of, that's what my brain says. My heart says get a fucking 20 goal striker, obviously, but. 100%. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I get it. And there, I don't think there's any wrong answer really here. Um, but, and we definitely do need, like in the transfer window, if we can only sign one, that's what I would do because it's that player. But, but in, yeah, in the next couple of transfer windows, you are looking at a, a, a new centre back. You're probably looking at a new uh, midfielder, probably another wing back and a forward. So if you could get a midfielder, what sort of midfielder would you even want to get, though? Like, someone that can hard. use the football. Someone that can <laughs> use... Because you look at you look at Hoybier. Hoybier hides and doesn't use the football very well. Winks is supposed hides. to be... Just, he doesn't hide. He's, he's a hider. He was pretty good yesterday. Not, what, what about yesterday? It, that's he a mad... One, two. Oh, this, again, this is another thing that Cal does. He comes he, out with he, just mental statements. Yeah, <laughs> Hoybier was... Ugh, he was okay yesterday. He wasn't great, but... He just... No, I didn't think he was great yesterday at all, but I think the last he thing he does is hide. made that first goal, though, didn't he? made that goal. He did, yeah. mate. Oh, shut he up, did, Cal. Man. Shut up, no. Cal. Shut oh, God. Up. Why is everyone picking on me? We just fucking... I was just sat there listening to Jolie and I thought, fuck me, he sounds fun at the football, didn't he? Everyone, <laughs> everyone sat there watching the game and he's with his mate going, oh, we're taking these for granted, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, taking, it's no, like, it actually wasn't me. Know. I was like just having a laugh. I remember yeah. literally being told, and I was like, oh, yeah, calm down, have a little impressive yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy in a row behind you sniffing coke off of his car keys, and you're going, no, we're taking these lots of ground, aren't we? <laughs> but uh, a, mid a midfield, I get what you're saying, but if, I was thinking about yesterday, you look at Har Harry Kane is our best finisher, but also probably uses the ball better than anybody else, and there was a couple of opportunities yesterday where he picked the ball up out wide or just outside the box, and there was no one, no one there in the box to attack the football. Imagine yeah, yeah. playing Kane behind a Vlahovic or a proper yeah. poacher it'd be amazing it would be brilliant and I actually think centre half right now Sanchez fucking hell Sanchez was pretty good yesterday he seems calmer now Sanchez it's mad um, isn't it I've wanted him out I, want, I wanted him so far out of out of Spurs I just wanted him I'd never wanted to see him play football again mm. and he's I've got to say right now like a huge turnaround again same all down, all down to Conte I think and 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 to be fair, down to Sanchez being reactive to whatever instruction um, Conte's given him, and and it's so it's you you see it all the time. Fans are completely reactive to players, and and it will always be that way. And it's like that at every single football club. If someone's not playing, they're not good enough. They're not they're not. They, they, we need to upgrade on them. But then they mm. get the coaching, or they get the person around them that brings the best out of them. And you see, none of these players are shit. Like. The, then the, to get to this level and play consistently, you're so good at football. <laughs> you're such so good at football. Um, but but the quality is so high at this level that any kind of dip in performance is is really badly exposed. Right? We've really yeah. Sorry, mate. Go on. Well, just with Con, with Conte there and the scenario and the, the atmosphere around the football club at the moment, and given the fact that we've come from a place that's been so fucking insipid. That that we just we just have to wait and see now. Like that, let, let's not chuck anyone out of the football club unless Conte says this guy's not good enough. And then you, you I reckon him. some players are going to go. I reckon I, I can't see 
like it'll be very interesting to see what happens by the end of the month with Deli Ali. I, I I can imagine him going to sort of Dortmund or someone like that on loan. I think I think we you know with this midfield thing, I think we're missing a player who plays like someone like a Thiago or a you know Vidal. I mean it's, they've they've muted. I know he's quite old now, but Vidal coming from Inter, someone someone who can I think. What Cal's saying about someone who understands how to use the ball is is true. You know, I mean, look, Modric was a once-in-a-generation type talent, but we haven't really got someone who's a threader. We've got players who can thread the ball. Oli Skip's doing it more than he's done. You know, Hoiberg yesterday, you know, breaking into the box. It's a sort of different sort of style. You know, he played a bit like that for Denmark in the Euros, very different to the sort of holding role he was playing standardly. But I think if we had someone who was, you know, like, I mean, you know, wish list here, you know, Jude Bellingham, a knock on his door, bring him over, you know, someone who can really sort of like, who's confident <laughs> on the ball. I mean, you know, that would be some, about. that would be some statement. Like if, if, if We just if don't we... have that kind of player anymore. You know, we've got really defensive midfielders and then defend uh, midfielders who seem not to be able to defend. The runners. And I would put, yeah. They're all yeah. runners. And that's what I'm saying. Someone can can I... use, that can actually use the football. Sorry, Flav. Can I, um, can I ask you something, right? There's the Carabao team of the round. Right. Um, and we have one player in it. Who do you think that player is? Harry Winks. Oh, fine. <laughs> no idea. No, it's Hoibjerg. Hoibjerg. Yeah. Well, every team needs a hider, I guess. <laughs> um, all right, I've got one more question before we go. And uh, because it's Christmas, uh, we yeah. have a question from Wiz Spurs. And he says, which three players would you most like to have around for Christmas for dinner this year? Cal, Ooh. you go first. Oh, uh, Sun. Yeah. Uh, Sun would definitely light up the Sun. room, wouldn't he? he? He would light up the room. And I always kind of, I always kind of worry about him being a bit lonely. I remember oh, he's loved. Too. He's loved. <laughs> Do you remember, you know, lonely. you know, at the end of the season, the end of the mm. season and everyone walks around a picture with their wife and their kids and yeah. he's not allowed one, is he? He's dead yeah, right everyone's walking around. They've all got their kids. They've all got their missus with them, with their massive fake lips and all of that. And he's, he's just walking around on his jack, like playing with other people's kids and stuff like that. And I always think, oh, bless him. I'd have him round. I'd have him round on, he's, on Christmas his Day. His son does strike me as like he's got, he's just smooth down there. He hasn't got a penis. He's just like a, he's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just <laughs> There's no dick. It's just smooth. He's like yeah. a, like a Ken doll. Yeah. It's because it's not. There's nothing. It's, he's com he seems completely pure. And you watch. I don't know if you watched the documentary. Um, I think who is it that did it? I can't remember. But go and watch it. It's really good. It's basically his relationship with his dad from from a, being a child, and it charts his successes and his rise all the way to Tottenham. It's a really good documentary. Wow. But when you watch it, you realise how he's done it, and and he's and and what an influence his dad is. Like his dad, if it's still the case, I'm not sure, lives with Son, lives in his house and manages everything for him. Like, oh, come in, on. I know. And his house, it, it, uh, one of the things he said, well, let's say, come on, the, the, got, he's, the, everyone has a, pr a process and, and, and that's got him to where he is. It's not how I would want to live. And, and I think a lot of, um, in our in our culture, it's probably the way a lot of footballers wouldn't want to live. But for his family and the way he was brought up, this is relatively, well, it seems normal. But it did seem quite lacking in in love and warmth, and Can't his house. Really imagine sunlight on the fucking bender with like doing loads of cat with fucking Grealish and Foden no. down at some sort of like old hags party in Manchester. Can no, you, you can't, no. Really, can't really no, see that. Like, that would be the last. Would be like the one being like, no, no, no. It's 
it's it's ten thirty five. I was supposed to. Be, I'm in bed. My, my I was supposed to be in bed at ten after doing some rigorous meditation. But that, that's stretching. what he, that, that's what he, that's is what he's doing. Like look, I don't know about the the meditation, but it would be stuff like stretching. And everything is about his his development and maintaining his level, and we benefit from that as fans. We're benefiting from whatever life Son has led and however strict his dad's been with him. We benefit from him. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but you're right. It, it, I think he, it, it would it's, it would be nice for him, Cal, to come round, be in yeah. a lovely little warm family, have him round. Make little family. Jokes. And if his dad turns up at the door, he's not come on, in. he's got to be home. I'll say, no, fuck off. No, it's Christmas. Well, then, Cal, who are the other two then? Um, Tongi. I just love I'm always critical of Tongi on the five statements, but I love him. Like I do genuinely love him and I think that's why I'm critical of him because I just think it's a word. Yeah. I just, I just, just love to I, I just love to see how much food he'd put away on the day. Loads. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. loads. It'd be, just, one, be, it'd, be, it'd be everyone's finished and sitting in front of the telly watching Royal Family or whatever it is, and he'd still be <laughs> still be at the dinner table just eating everything he can put. Yeah. All the, finished, uh, no turkey sandwiches for anyone tomorrow. He it's finishes it up right, with yeah. all of the Brussels sprouts, this bowl of Brussels sprouts, <laughs> and just picks yeah. up salt, pours it all over it, and then gets grated cheese out Malt. of the fridge. Just grated cheese and salt all over these just Brussels sprouts. Like, a whole Vionetta. Yeah. Beautiful. A whole Vionetta to himself, just sitting there just with a teaspoon. He doesn't Julian, like Julian, you, you, you choose the last member because I'm, I'm happy with Son and Tangi. Have to be a current player, yeah. Yes. Right. I reckon, and it can't be any of the coaching staff. We can't have Antonio around just for the lols. No, it, obviously we can't. No, it's got to be a player. It's got to definitely right. contact. Yeah, I don't know. Would you want a psychopath at your dinner table? I'm not sure. I, I, I think he'd be amazing. I think he'd just be the think, most fun. Yeah, I, reckon I think he'd, he'd, he'd speak. Laugh. I don't I think he'd say a word for him all the time. John, and he, he, he would sit at the it. Christmas table, and he'd eat, and he'd stare ahead. Right. And he'd be just mouthing Christmas dinner into his, spooning Christmas dinner into his mouth. I think we'd have to have if we wouldn't look at the plate once. We'd have to have Harry right because it's been a hell of a year for us and Harry. No chance. Because listen, this is where both of you exactly see. (laughs) He still hasn't made it up. Christmas is about forgiveness (laughs) and coming together as a family and leaving it all at door. His his brother's not welcome. Brother can fucking (laughs) do one right. But we have a word with Harry. Go look. I don't know what's going on with you, right? Bit of an intervention. We've bought Sun and Tongi. <laughs> and Tongi like admits that he's got a serious issue with Brussels sprouts, right? Like, it's okay. It's okay to have issues. And he's watched Tongi fucking nail a Vionetta in one. And he's looked at himself and he's gone, you know what? I'm happy with me and my lass. I'm happy with my life with England. Because, you know, I feel like Harry's committed now. right? So I reckon we break some bread with Harry. We all make good. And hopefully next year he comes back and he scores a fucking absolute perler of a fucking wonder, you know, left foot, right foot, header, hat-trick against Palace. Boom. Happy Jolian, days. you can't have the man who bummed your wife at the Christmas table. <laughs> no, no, Jolian's all right with that. A minute ago he was talking about, oh, yeah, I was in I was in Madrid. Why would you want, why would you be happy about that? Oh, I was Forgiveness. at the I was at the Champions. Fuck. No, no, you just want to row. You're sick. You just want to row. I'm, I'm one of those. Yeah, I'm a Christmas rower. I reckon, um, like, uh, no, what, what a year, though, man. Like, what a turnaround. Like, if you, you know, imagine last Christmas, I was sitting here going, yeah, Conto's going to be our manager this time next yeah. year. It's mm, like, totally never, was never going to happen. 
you know so if that can't if that you know if we didn't think that could happen what what wonders could be awaiting us in the new year indeed indeed and that's a good way to end i think this has been the fighting cop podcast i just want to say thank you to everybody who's been downloading this throughout the year it's been more people are listening to the fighting cop now than they ever have which is wow mind-blowing um and you know Amazing. completely grateful to to everybody and um have a absolutely wonderful christmas wherever you are love you all come you spurs <laughs>